the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Health Issuing Company and other fact. The following program is sponsored by Reaching Hearts Ministries. This is Reaching Your Heart. Welcome back. We are in the Genesis series and up to a message entitled The God Spot. Once again, the name of this message is entitled The God Spot, and it is part number 18 of the Genesis series. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Our phone number here is 877-788-5371, I'll have that information and more at the close of our broadcast today, so stay with us for just a few seconds afterwards. Let's get underway. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the cross. Were it not for the cross, we would be travelers in a journey with no destination, no home, no God spot, no place to settle down with you as the hearth and the home, the principle of rest and peace. And Father, we come here today with unsettled business in our hearts because we are by nature sinners, but we come here knowing that it was settled at the cross, it was fixed in eternity by election, it will be revealed in our lives by grace. In Jesus' name, thank you that he is here. His name, amen. For every traveler who finds God in the journey of life, there is a time and a place where God can be found. When time and space converge in just the right way, the moment meets the mound. The moment meets the mound where God lives, and the soul that seeks God finds a home at the altar. If the time is right and there is no place in view, then the journey is in jeopardy, and the time is only a stage toward a greater rendezvous. That rendezvous is the God spot. When a traveler comes to God, he or she must not only find God, he or she must find the place where God can be found. Finding God is more than feeling God at a moment in your life. Finding God is more than yearning for God when you need Him inside. Finding God is more than seeing God for an instant than seeing Him no more. Finding God in the journey of life leads to a place, dear heart, a place where God can be found. And there is a place for you that is tender and merciful and close and where you will feel compassion and know God's grace. And for you in your life, that is the God spot. When time and space converge just right, the restless heart finds the spot where God becomes the destination and the home for the hurting heart, the God spot. When God called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees, he called him to a place that would take the place of his country, his kindred, and his father's house. He called him out to go forward. Look at Genesis 12, verse 1 with me. The Bible says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. To find the God spot, Abram had to leave his spot for God's spot. To find the God spot, Abram had to pull up his stakes, tear down his tent, in order to follow God toward his house, his tent, his spot. It is a divine principle in life that God's spot, or his sacred place, never comes to you unless you're willing to move on in faith with God, you find it in the journey of life. And when you find it, it is not your place. It is God's place 
a holy spot where heart and health and grace converge and you find God to be all that you need. Genesis 12, verse 4, So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions which they had gathered, and the persons that they had gotten in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Now look at verse 6. Verse 6 says, Abram came to Shechem. The Hebrew word Shechem means shoulder, and it's really a synonym for responsibility. You ever feel the weight of the world in your shoulders? So that's really what it means, the place of responsibility. Think of this. God had called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. He had come there to Shechem. He felt the heavy responsibility of finding God. He knew that God had called him. He knew that there was an obligation somewhere there, and he wanted somehow to fulfill that heavy obligation. But dear heart, you cannot find God just because you feel it is your duty to find God. You cannot find God just because the burden has been placed on your shoulders to find God. In a mysterious kind of way, God must find you. And you must find out that he has found you, and that must become the God's spot. At Shechem, Abram came to the place that the Canaanites recognized as the place of divination or magic for conjuring up the gods. The place was called the Oak of Morah. Now, the word Morah in Hebrew has two meanings. One is early rain, and the other is teacher. The Oak of Morah was the Oak of the teacher, or the Oak of the falling rain. They must have thought that somehow, if they had the right magical formula, if they had the right divination principles, that they worshipped at that oak tree somehow. The rain would fall, heaven would teach, they'd be instructed, and they'd have guidance for their future. For the ancients, trees were more than trees. They thought of them as sacred objects that connected the depths of the earth with the heights of the heaven. And so they spoke of cosmic trees, of trees that symbolized the universe and all its grandeur and beauty. And so when Abraham came to the Oak of Morah, he has not yet left the ideas and the principles of Babylon behind. He came to the spot where he thought he could find God. The Oak of Morah was chosen as a magical place. Perhaps there was magic for Abram there. It's a lot like the Tower of Babel idea. You build a tower that's high enough and you'll find God sooner or later, right? Well, you come to a tree that reaches into the heavens and God will come to you at that spot sooner or later. It's still the old Babel idea in his head. He comes to the Oak of Morah. In the end of verse 6, Abram's stay at the Oak of Morah is introduced with an apology of sorts by Moses. He says, at that time the Canaanites were in the land. And you would expect God to have nothing to do with the Oak of Morah. I mean, this is the place the Canaanites sought God. But that's where Abram's at. That's where he's come to. That's the place he thinks that maybe God has a word for him. There is no evidence that Abram ever camped at the Oak of Morah ever again. But it's amazing that God did actually appear to him at the Oak of Morah. That's a startling fact we find in the storyline. Look at verse 7 of Genesis 12. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said... To your descendants I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Notice he didn't build the altar first. He built it after the Lord appeared to him. Abram never came to Morah again. But he left an altar there as a testament that there is no power in a tree to see. That somehow God had transcended the false idea behind the tree. That somehow God had met him in the highway of his need and he had appeared to him. And there he was. He put an altar there because the altar is the greater truth, not the tree. 
Even though Abram saw God at the oak of Morah, he did not find God at the oak of Morah. Seeing God in life is not necessarily finding God. Hearing a word from God does not mean that you have discovered God inside. Abram does not stay at Shechem long because the oak of Morah is not the God spot in his life. It's not the place where God can be found. It's not the contact point where time and space converge for him. Genesis 12, 8. Thence he moved to the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Verse 8 is the focus of the energy of the movement of Abram from Ur of the Chaldees to the promised land. The directions in verse 8 are significant. Bethel was on the west and Ai was on the east. The reader should not read quickly through this verse. He should stop and consider the directions, the point where Abraham has found a resting spot. In Genesis 2.8, the Garden of Eden was planted from the east, Mechadim in the Hebrew. The translation in the east is simply incorrect. It was from the east. Eden was planted from the east in the Hebrew. In Genesis 3.24, God placed a cherubim with a sword at the east of Eden to prevent anyone from finding Eden in the east again. To go back to God to the east is forbidden in Scripture. When God called Cain to be a sojourner after the murder of Abel, Cain journeyed east of Eden to hide from God's face. Genesis 4.16, Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, which means wandering east of Eden. In Genesis 13.11, Lot moved east to live near the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Dear heart, in the book of Genesis, east is the direction for leaving God. East is the direction for turning around and forsaking God, retreating back into the past and failing to move forward in faith. In Genesis 11-2, the tower builders started out all right after the flood. They started migrating from the east. The problem is they didn't keep migrating from the east. They settled down in the plains of Shinar. And unfortunately, when they settled down, they stopped moving west. They never found the God spot that is in the west. God called Abram from the land of the tower builders. He called Abram from east to west. He called him to continue the journey that they had started to go all the way with God to the outcome and end of his life and faith. Leaving Ur of the Chaldees meant leaving and moving west all the way to God. Now maybe you have come here this morning and you are stuck in your life journey. You have stopped, you have halted. And you have not continued west with God. Dear heart, the call this morning is for you to go west and find God. As the sun rises and then sets, time is a journey for every one of us that moves from east to west, from the beginning to the end, from the dawn to the setting of the sun. Abram built an altar between Ai and Bethel. Ai was to the east and Bethel in the west. The name Ai literally means ruins. Now, there's no accident that the city that was to the east of him in the Hebrew means ruins. And that's exactly what it means to go back when God is leading you forward in your life. You cannot finish your life journey right and end up in the past where you first heard the voice of God calling you out of something. You cannot go back to where it was comfortable in the past and move forward with God and faith into the future at the same time. The past must be considered ruins because it is nothing that can be discovered again in your life. AI means ruins because you cannot recapture the past in your walk with God. The name Bethel means house of God. Bethel was in the west. 
Abram built an altar between the ruins of Ai in the east and Bethel, the house of God, in the west. So in Genesis 12, 8, Abram built an altar to the Lord and the Bible says he called on the name of the Lord in the middle of his life between east and west. In the middle of his journey, with no outcome in sight, Abram had arrived in the land of promise and it was ruled by the enemies of God. The promises of God seemed unfulfilled, uncertain, unseen. In verse 8, Abram stands between the east and west. He stands between the past and the future. He stands between the ruins of his personal past in Ur and the house of God that is the promise of the future. In verse 8, Abram is very much a man in motion, seeking a destination. But Abram has not yet arrived. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you are seeking a destination, but deep inside you know you have not arrived. Abram stands at the crossroads of life between the north, south, east, and west, and he does not know which way to go. He is stuck somewhere between the past and the future, and he needs God to show him the way. Abram left Ur for the land that God would show him, and now a disappointed Abram is all alone in a land that belongs to the vilest enemies of God between Ai and Bethel. So where is God when you can't find God in the journey? Where is God when you can't find the God spot in your life? Where is God, O broken heart, when you are stuck between the poles of east and west and you cannot see two inches into the future? Where is God between Ai and Bethel in your life? That's the question the text is asking today. In Genesis 12, 8, Abram exercised three actions that determine the course of his life. And you can exercise the exact same three actions. Action number one, Abram advanced when it was easy to retreat. The Hebrew word translated removed in the Revised Standard Version is a talk. And it means to move forward or to advance. Abram advanced in faith instead of retreating. He advanced to the mountain before Bethel even though he didn't know the outcome of his journey. Abram was not in the business of moving back when it came to moving forward with God, he moved forward. He was an entrepreneur for God. The kingdom call was to the west, not to the east, to the future, not the past. Abram was the man who moved forward with God and kept on moving even when it was hard. Advance with God, dear heart. Action number two, Abram built an altar instead of faltering. Instead of faltering, he built an altar to the God. He was confused and discouraged. He built an altar to God. Abram sought God's presence with an altar, not a plan, with an altar. Abram found comfort in the face of life's challenges with an altar, not a plan. Abram left a legacy of faith with an altar, not a plan. It's easy to plan your life out for yourself, but faith builds an altar and trusts the future to God to work it out. Dear heart, build an altar and leave the plan to God. Move forward in faith. Action number three. Abram called on the name of the Lord. Abram left Ur of the Chaldees for the God spot. But what happens when you can't find the God spot? Verse 8 is the first time in the book of Genesis Abram calls on the name of the Lord. In fact, it is the first time since Noah blessed Shem that anyone calls on the name of the Lord in the book of Genesis. The name translated Lord with all those capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, with these letters in the Hebrew is Yahweh, as I have said before. And it means I am. God himself gave us the meaning of that name. At the burning bush, I am. The Lord is my name. You shall remember it throughout all your generations. But dear heart, the name Yahweh means more than simply I am. 
Because I am is an idiom with a context to it. God told the children of Israel, I have seen, I have heard, I know your pain. I have come down, I am means I am here. And this is clearly borne out by Isaiah in chapter 52, verse 6. Therefore my people shall know my name. You know, it's not acceptable not to know the meaning of the name of the Lord. It's not acceptable to call on a name that you don't have any sense as to what it means. It says, my people shall know my name. That means we need to know it. Therefore, in that day they shall know that it is I who speak. Here am I. I am means more than I am. It means I am here. It is a principle that when you call on the name of the Lord, the spot where you pray on bended knee becomes the God spot. Did you hear what I said? When you call on the name of the Lord, where you're at between east and west becomes the God spot. It becomes the place where God finds you. It becomes the place where heaven breaks through and you don't need a tree or a tower to find God. You call on the name of the Lord and God finds you. The God spot is the spot you're at when you call on the name of the Lord in the depth of your need. When you cannot see into the future, you cannot define the facts of life. You do not know the outcomes of your existence. That's the place where God comes to make His home, dear heart. That's the God spot. The spot where you call in His name is the spot where heaven and earth connect. It's better than a tree or a tower. It's God's spot. On your knees, the God spot. Exodus 20, 24. An altar of earth you shall make for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings, your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place, now notice the text, in every place, where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. You call on the name of the Lord, that becomes holy ground. You call on the name of the Lord, and that becomes the God spot. It becomes a temple in time and space because God has broken through. It is the highest spot on earth because you reach heaven when you call on the name of the Lord. In the book of Genesis, Abram moves west, north, and south, but he never moves east. Did you notice that? He never moves east. As soon as he finds the God spot on his knees, he moves away from it in a detour of sorts, but he doesn't go east. The life of Abram illustrates that you can find God at one point in your life, you can call on his name, and then you can have a detour, you can get distracted, you can move in another direction. Genesis 12, 9, and Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Nejeb. Now the word Nejeb in Hebrew is the word for south in the Bible. In fact, the king of the south in Revelation 11 is called the king of the Negev, king of the south. When you move south in your experience, you aren't exactly retreating. You're not going east. You're just moving in a direction that takes you away from the God spot. It's a distraction. It's a distortion of God's leading. The south led to the land of Egypt. The text is extremely clear. In the Bible, the south is the direction for worldliness and desire. So here's Abram. He's in the promised land. He's found God. He's called on his name. And he moves south toward the land of materialistic expectations. In Egypt, Abram pressured his wife to lie to save his own hide from a Viagra-frenzied Pharaoh. In Egypt, Abram almost lost his life because he left the God spot for a different spot. In Egypt, Abram was humiliated because he was dishonest and failed to trust God with the plan of his life. He took it into his own hands to map out the course of his future. In Egypt, God rewarded Sarah for her faithfulness. But dear heart, God did not reward Abram for his faithfulness. He was not. Abram was not faithful to God in Egypt, and you can't be faithful to God in Egypt either. Did you hear what I said? 
You cannot stand for truth. You cannot be right with God with one foot in the promised land and another in Egypt. Get out of Egypt is the message of the story. Egypt represents the place that does not recognize the name of the Lord at all. Exodus 5 verse 1. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? Notice what he's saying here. Who is the Lord? That I should heed his voice and let Israel go. Then he goes on, I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Egypt is the place that does not recognize a personal relationship with God. It is the fortress of secularism, of materialism, of worldliness, of lust and desire. It is the spirit of the modern age that we have in our world today. It is the world spirit that is passing away that has nothing to do with your call and election in Jesus Christ. Abram left the God spot because there was a famine in the land and he thought that maybe the goodies of Egypt would sustain him, but they never sustained the heart that seeks the things of God very long. Genesis 12.10, now there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. So what happens when you make a detour in life from the God spot to the land of things and desire? What happens? Where do you go when you have gone south into Pharaoh's country, too far deep into forbidden territory? What happens? Where should you go when you have messed up in the land of Egypt? According to the story, you go north. You turn around, which is repentance, and you go north. North is the direction back to God in the Bible. North is also the direction back to bread that comes from God. Take your Bibles. Let's turn to Exodus 26. Look at verse 35. Here we have a picture of the table of showbread in the Hebrew sanctuary. Notice where it was positioned in the Hebrew tabernacle. And you shall set the table outside the veil... And the lampstand on the south side of the tabernacle, opposite the table. And you shall put the table on what side? What does it say? On the north side. So the food that represents God's presence, the bread of the presence, is found in the north. Go north. If you have spiritual famine in your life, leave the south. Leave Egypt with all its materialistic deceptions. And go north where God has bread for you in his house. Forgiveness is also in the north, according to the Bible. Turn to Leviticus 1, verse 10. Now here we have the burnt offering. As it was sacrificed, notice where it was killed. Where it was killed in relationship to the altar shows us how to find grace. If his gift for a burnt offering is from the flock, from the sheep or goats, he shall offer a male without blemish. Look at verse 11. And he shall kill it on the north side of the altar before the Lord. And Aaron's sons, the priest, shall throw its blood against the altar round about. So the sacrifice was killed on the north side of the altar. Dear heart, bread is found in the north. The famine that took him south, the bread is in the north. Forgiveness is in the north as well. We find the north, we find God. If you have lied to save your hide like Abram did in Egypt, if you have trusted in your personal plans instead of God's name, If you have schemed to survive instead of looking to God for the springs of life, Bethel was a place full of springs. No cisterns were dug there for centuries because it was a place of living water. If you have lost your way for a while in the pleasure houses of Egypt, leave the south and go north where God has an altar for you. In the Bible, forgiveness is in the north, away from the land of Egypt. 
Psalms 48.1, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in his holy mountain. Beautiful in elevation is the joy of the whole earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. Within her citadels, God has shown himself a sure defense. In Genesis 13.3, the Bible describes the journey of Abram back to the God spot. It is a journey that every one of us here must make in life sooner or later. And he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. He comes back. He had found God at the God spot. He called upon his name, got distorted and distracted in life, went south got hung up in all the dainties and goodies of Egypt, where entertainment was free, where the soul lost its sincerity and its sweetness for the things of Egypt. He came back to Bethel. And maybe, dear heart, maybe you knew God in the past when you called on His name at the altar years ago, but you lost Him at the theater, the bar in front of the DVD player. And maybe in your own home you lost your way with God. You went to Egypt. Maybe you lost your way in making your own plans for your life instead of trusting God's plan for your life. Perhaps you lied and schemed to get ahead and you got behind instead. Perhaps you felt the pangs of hunger in a foreign land. You felt the fear of a foreign king. Dear heart, if you left the God spot for Egypt, there is a road back to God for you. Well, there you have it, the conclusion to the first part of The God Spot. It is part number 18 of the Genesis series. We'll complete this message tomorrow. We hope that you'll join us. If you'd like to go to reachingyourheart.com, you can find this message online under the broadcast schedule there on the main page where you can download and listen to this message again as many times as you would like. That's reachingyourheart.com and the broadcast schedule there on the main page. Our phone number here is 877-788-5371. Feel free to call that telephone number at any time. That's 877-788-5371. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. Thank you so much for your contributions and donations. The address here is Reaching Hearts International, 15300. Spencerville Court, Suite 201, Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. And you can find that online as well. For Pastor Mike and everyone here, please know that we pray that God is reaching your... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.